David Harabedian. He's coming on right now. David, <laughs> like birds of a feather flock together. That would be us. Absolutely. We both got similar journeys on the road to salvation and the walk afterwards after we got out of prison. Right. I think I mean, is uh, the grace of God. I thought I was wild. You know, I was going around collecting, doing collections on big people that owed money biker clubs i was doing collections on biker clubs okay that owed money for drugs and drug debts and you know they they tried to kill me i've, I've got scars on my body to prove it you know i thought i was nuts but you're stealing jets from cart for cartels i mean come on <laughs> well you know i like to say my best thinking got me 22 years i like to lose my mind to get the mind of christ thank god we met him at the uh the altar and uh we've been changed ever since never looking back <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Just give a little insight. What was that all about? I mean, stealing jets. What, what, tell me a, tell me a story. So, uh, you know, we started out in the drug business. I, I sold my first two grams of cocaine while I was on a uh, break for 15 minute break while I was checking groceries in high school at age, you know, 19. And I made more money in that two minute transaction on a 15 minute break than I'd made in my 20 hour a week part-time job at the grocery store. And it changed me. And uh, I went from two grams, the guy brought another gram and a half was all I had left at that point. I'd made money and the next thing I knew, people were giving me drugs on the front. I went from you know quarter ounce to half an ounce to an ounce to a pound. And the next thing you know, uh, I'm stealing jet airplanes for the Colombian cartel trading jets for cash and cocaine and picking up suitcases of drugs in another state and driving them back. And I really, uh, it's interesting. It's like being a lobster in cold water where the lobster is in the cold water and he's comfortable and the heat slowly turned up and the lobster doesn't even know what happened to it. And that's what I would like and send to or the drug business. <laughs> wow. The enemy doesn't come at you the first time and says, Hey, you want to steal multi-million dollar jet aircraft and sell multi-kilogram quantities of cocaine for the Columbia cartel, you'd run the other direction. But when the enemy comes with a, an extra way to make an extra 50 or $100, you're like, oh, well, that sounds good. You know, so. <laughs> I like the lobster analogy a lot. Look, you, you got nailed by the feds. They caught you. And uh, you did, what, 27? Is that right? 27 years? No, I did 19 years, six months, a week, and a day, a thousand hamburger days behind bars, which was a 22-year sentence. But you you understand hamburger days like most people don't. In yeah. prison, you get one hamburger a week. So I had a thousand hamburgers before they let me out. Uh, when I got arrested, I was at a private airfield in Florida, Boca Raton, Florida, and the feds came out of planes, trains, automobiles, screwed Uzis into my ears. I didn't pass go. I didn't collect $200. I went to jail, directly to jail, and I spent the next 20 flat in federal prison. But waking up in Leavenworth Penitentiary when you're always just one heartbeat away from hell uh, makes you uh, you know, respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in response to your mother's prayers, releasing the hounds of heaven 
against you to help bring you to salvation. Come on, Jesus. You know, I, I completely relate to the hamburger days. Yes, the yeah. the the big deal on our yard and um because I was in Fed prison in California, and the big deal in our yard was hamburger days, but also chicken night. Chicken night. Oh, yeah. We had that once a week too. So that was a big deal. Right. So look, though, you were in and man, you had some incredible things happen. I mean, like crazy stuff happened while you were in. Share a couple of stories. Well, the first thing that happened to me, I was in a, in a prison cell with my co-defendant in my book, Jet Ride to Hell Journey to Freedom. The prisoner who I was with was my co-defendant. He's named Vic. I've changed the names in the book to protect the guilty <laughs> yeah, and right. also not to get sued, you know. So uh, I was in a cell with Vic. He was a chiropractor. He used to see 100 patients a week. And I was there with a gentleman by the name of, I think he's called Jared in the book. Uh, so he had five compression fractures and three blown discs. In his now, back. stop stop for one second. This man that you've named Jared was a high level cartel member. Is that correct? He actually was. Uh, but God had saved him years earlier. And uh, okay. He was radically saved and he he used to move about 600 kilos of cocaine a month to put things in perspective right. for the Kali wow. cartel. And uh, his partner was, uh, you know, not found. And then <laughs> this is how bad this story is. His partner uh, from Colombia literally, you know, was uh, not arrested because he'd gone on the run and then got arrested in Texas and landed and then just killed his pilot. And then they put him in prison for life. Oh, so wow. that was kind of the level that he was at. And so that's who God positioned me in a prison cell with a former cartel member for the same Kali cartel. And this guy had five compression fractures and three blown discs in his back. And he's in front of a chiropractor who's my co-defendant. And my co-defendant Vic looked at him and said, hey, you know, Jared, there's nothing you can do for your back. You've got compression fractures. And because we were in the hole, the shoe, the special housing unit, where you're kind of in solitary on 24-hour lockdown. They let you out into the squirrel cages for about 45 minutes, you know, every couple of days. And uh, Jared laid down on his stomach and Vic examined his back. And you could see there was discoloration in the back. There was no, no blood flow. And you could see the bones were out of place from the compression fractures and blown discs. And they'd take his, taken his back brace away. So he was in incredible pain. He was only 28 years old and he would literally take like two minutes to get out of his bunk. We were in an eight by 16 cell there with three bunks, a shower and a toilet locked down that whole time. And we had cockroaches, there were like 200 cockroaches in the cell. You'd re we'd really hit rock bottom. But what happened was he would listen to a faith preacher every day. Now, Vic had been born again about six months earlier. Uh, Jared had been born again while incarcerated before he got a parole violation and came back to prison and God positioned those two people with a knucklehead like me uh, to help lead me to Christ in response to my mother's prayers. But I watched Jared pray that prayer of faith with that faith preacher every single night, five days a week, yeah. and nothing ever happened. Right. And here's what occurred. I remember having compassion and pity on him and I looked and he was only about you know 24 inches away from me, just enough between our bunks to do a push up on the floor. And I remember watching him listen to that faith preacher. And I said, God, if you're real and you're up there and if you heal and you still heal today, I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking for Jared that you would heal him. And God positioned me to pray that prayer as a non-believer 
to see a miracle in front of a licensed chiropractor. And I saw what appeared to be like a, a, an invisible or a visible. It looked like you could see it, but you couldn't see it. it came down upon Jared's head and it was like a gel and it came down like a gel or a honey and it came down and over his back and went pop, pop, crack, pop, crack, crack, pop. And he went, Vic, Dave, I'm healed. And he went, Bundarabasha, Bundarabasha. He started speaking in tongues, hallelujah. And he got off his bunk and he, he began to test it. And he bent down the first time and back went like this. And the second time it went further. And the third time it went like that. And the third, fourth time he touched his hands on the ground wow. and he got up Come and on. Vic then examined him and all the bones were back in place. He was completely out of all pain. Wow. He had a recreative miracle in his back. So I still wasn't born again, Katie. So my first prayer for healing resulted in God answering with a creative miracle. Wow. So that I got born again about two days later after God had healed me of a hairline fracture miraculously. And he spoke to me in the still small voice saying, David, have Vic pop your foot. This will be your act of faith. And so I did. And Vic went to grab my foot. And when he started to pick it up to grab it with the other hand, it popped in his hand. And he said, well, that's strange. And I said, no, that's okay. I got up. I walked and the hairline fracture was completely healed. Then I gave my life to Christ that night. It was a non-emotional, no tears, just a Jewish covenant relationship where we cut covenant. I was wow. in a cell in Leavenworth Penitentiary in 1990. And fortunately, I've never looked back and I've been fortunate not to backslide and just keep my eyes on Jesus and see God perform tremendous miracles over the years by his hand in people's life because he loves people just the way they are, but he loves them way too much to leave them in their presence. No doubt. Look, guys, if, if you're watching now, you need to share the broadcast because a lot of you may not know who David is, but God does. And he was visited mightily throughout his entire time incarceration, when, you know, after being arrested by the feds for stealing jets for the cartel. But He's walking in an anointing that people need to know about. And people that are on the streets, maybe some of your children, you know, people that would never normally watch a broadcast, this is a show that they would watch. So you need to share the broadcast with people so that they can hear what God can do for people, even people who are in the deepest, darkest levels of sin and, and want to reject God. You know, um, you went through, like, wow. I mean, when we went out and hung out, you and your wife, who, by the way, uh, this is how this is how much God's working for David. Okay, David, <laughs> after he got out of prison, he he, he got married to Miss America. Can, Joanna, stick your face in there, beautiful. There she hey, is. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you are awesome, girl. <laughs> yeah, I like to say that you know God God gives us double for our trouble if we stay single minded. Job got double for his trouble because he stayed single minded. And if you'll stay single-minded, God will do double for you. If you'll be double-minded, he'll do nothing for you. If you're double-minded on evil, like Katie and I were before we got born again, you right. get double punishment. So we get to choose who we serve. So, But God blessed me. I, I got out. I was single and celibate 25 years. And, uh, you know, we uh, we got married, did things the right way. And she'd done things the right way. And God gave me what I refer to as an amazing Proverbs 62 wife, a double portion, Proverbs 31. If he yeah. did it for me, he'll do it for you. So it, it pays to wait. If you're not married, wait, because good is the enemy of better and better is the enemy of best. Don't settle.
or less. Yeah, 25 years. I believe you had lots of seed in the ground to finally have. I mean, yeah, God didn't just give you anybody. He gave you a wonderful woman of God. She's such a, oh my gosh, she loves the Lord and gorgeous. So look, yes. praise God for that. Um, so tell us another story that happened through the prison while you were inside, because this is fascinating. And we're also going to operate in some miracles that I'm going to hear teaching from you today. But tell me something else that happened, because your story is amazing. You know, as God began to, you know, visit us, we had an encounter where Jesus appeared in the prison cell. Vic and I were there. It was right before I went to go get sentenced, uh, June 6, 1990. And I was in Leavenworth Penitentiary in that special housing unit, 8 by 16 cell, cold floors, metal and cement and the cockroaches. And there was a gentleman who'd done 26 out of 30 years in federal prison. He was about six foot two and he weighed about 280 pounds and he had uh, been on America's Most Wanted. He had about eight bodies in his jacket, meaning he'd, he'd murdered eight people. And uh, he was looking at life plus uh, 90 is what he ended up getting. And uh, so I was in that cell and I was going to court the next day to be sentenced. And I'd been given a dream of what I was supposed to do in the courtroom and I obeyed and that created a whole nother series of circumstances, but there was no presence of God in the room. There was no anointing. There was no unction to pray. I did it out of obedience. And I literally got down on my knees as an act of humility before God. And as I got on my knees, Vic and, you know, big George, they both felt pity on me. So they joined with me in prayer. And as we prayed, there was no special words. I stumbled along. I was a young believer. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere began to change in that prison cell, Katie. And as it began to change, I began to speak in other tongues. And I began to just began to bubble forth. And Vic would then get the interpretation of the tongue and speak it back in English. And this went on for about two hours. And the things that were in Vic's mind came out of my mouth in English. Then I would seal it in tongues and then Vic would get the interpretation in English. So we experienced tongues, interpretation of tongues. And then there appeared before us a man in a white robe in front of like the shower area. And he was glowing and he like transfigured in and it was Jesus. And he stayed about 15 minutes, didn't say anything. We just continued to pray. And he went through a color scheme of this brilliant white to this gorgeous scarlet heavenly red, and then back to white, and then back to uh, heavenly blue. Went through this color cycle. It took about 90 seconds to two minutes of each color. And it lasted about 15 minutes. And then when he disappeared, then there was a, a, a cloud that appeared on the floor in front of us. It was about the size of a man's hand. And I'm like looking at this and I thought, test the spirits. I said, do you know Jesus? When I said Jesus, it sparked gold and platinum and that cloud began to grow. And Vic like, you know, had his feet hanging over the bed in agreement and prayer. And he like pulled them up and this cloud so filled wait, the stop floor. right there. Stop right there. So Vic saw it too. This was a corporate visitation. It wasn't just you seeing this. You both saw it. Oh, absolutely. And Big George saw it as well. And he was curled up this big, tough, you know, convict who'd been convicted several times and looking at life plus 90 and bodies in his jacket, you know, committed many murders. 
he was like balled up in the fetal position at 280 pounds because wow. he was afraid to look. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, through us, the fragrance of his knowledge, God's knowledge is diffused in every place. To one, it's the aroma of life unto life. Life unto life if you're leaning in and you're hungry for God. Death unto death if you're leaning away and you really don't want God. Yeah. But it's the same knowledge diffused in every place. And I was like a young kid with a childlike faith at a prison cell. And I began to play in the cloud of God's presence. As I said, Jesus, it was spark gold and platinum. And it wrapped around my feet. It became about 18 inches, covered the floor. And Vic had his feet up. He was kind of afraid of it. And, and, and Big George was like hiding from it. And I was like playing and God was playing with me. And this may sound strange to people. It took me nine months to find the scriptural basis for what I later discovered was the Shekinah glory of God ah. or the kabod, the, the tangible weightiness of his presence. Yeah. And I had a sinus issues and I, I had a thought, drink from the cloud and you'll be healed. And I thought, drink from the cloud. It's a cloud. I mean, how do you drink a cloud? But I obeyed the simple instruction of the Lord, just like I'd obeyed the simple instruction, have Vic pop your ankle and this will be your act of faith. So I put my hands down in the cloud and I tried to pull it up to drink from it. And when I did, the cloud sprang back into itself. And I did that a couple of times because I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? And then I realized I needed to humble myself and kneel into the cloud and drink from the cloud this way. Yeah, when let I me did, stop you right there. Okay, Dave's going to tell you what happened. But look, you might be saying, this is ridiculous. This sounds too charismatically crazy. But the Bible is full of God telling people to do prophetic acts. Ezekiel, pack up a bag, dig a hole in the wall, climb through it, act like you're going into captivity. Uh, basically, David was stepping in by faith with a prophetic act to uh, partaking of the presence, the glory. So when you leaned down, when you humbled yourself, David, and leaned into the cloud and you took a drink, what happened? So the first drink that I took, I, I leaned in, I went like this, and I felt the, 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 the cloud of his presence go down into my, my throat and lungs. And I drank it again, then I felt it go up into my sinus as well. And the third time I drank from it, it, it happened pretty quick. All of a sudden, my sinuses opened up, and I was completely clear and no longer needed any sort of, you know, it just was amazing. So I had been completely healed by the Lord by drinking from the cloud. Yeah. And that that encounter with God strengthened me for me to go to court the next day, obey the instruction of the Lord. And when I obeyed the instruction of the Lord, they actually gave me six more years, Katie. <laughs> okay. Why now, do I know you this think, sounds crazy. Okay, why do you think that happened? Do you think you needed that more, much more time to prepare for what God had for you once you got out? What is it? I think it dealt with who will I fear, God or man? If I was still seeking to be a servant of man, I would not be a bondservant of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, who do you seek to please God or man? I had to obey God. You know, they got thrown in a fiery furnace because they obeyed God. Paul and Silas got thrown in jail because they obeyed God. We always think that Everything that we do, that we obey God, there's a reward for it. Well, there is. Job obeyed God, went through nine months of hell on earth. There are so many people that obeyed God that bad things happened to them. But out of that, in the long game, good things happen. Because Romans 8.28 says, God works all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, what people don't know is everything that I said in that courtroom 
in 1990 turned out to be true. They later indicted the government's key witness against me for perjury premised upon his testimony against me. The prosecutor was arrested for soliciting sexual favors from an undercover prostitute made John TV and National News USA Today. The case law that I quoted that I didn't even know what was coming out of my mouth then later turned out to be accurate. So there's sometimes you get punished because you're telling the truth, but God will always reward you double for your trouble on the other side of it as you stay single-minded. And today I'm married to an amazing woman. We have an amazing <laughs> yeah. relationship. We've got blessed with a great ministry, Bibles and mm -hmm. over a thousand facilities in the prisons and, and so many other things. Yeah, let me bring this home for you guys just so you understand. Look, I don't think that God is the author of, of death and disease at all. Jesus died. God would never bring disease on anyone or, or destruction or any type of, of situation that's negative when his son died for us to be completely healed, delivered, saved, uh, receive eternal life and all that. But God does work in mysterious ways. I remember when I was uh, going to court and I got up on the stand and uh, this is when I was, I got sentenced to 12 and a half years in federal prison. I lied on the stand and I got convicted and I lost my case and I got given, you know, they, they were saying, Oh, you, you, maybe you can win because you know, the evidence isn't all there right now. And maybe you can win and you can get out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to win. I'm going to get out. Cause you know, now I found God and God's going to make it happen for me. But I lost my case and I got sentenced to 12 and a half years. And so God knew I need to stay in longer. Well, I didn't even stay in all the 12 and a half. I stayed in five years and then won a case and got and got released from my sentence. But God knew if I would have gotten out the day of my trial and been found innocent and didn't have to, and didn't get convicted and go in for the next five years, I would have gone right back out on the streets. And I would have gotten, uh, I would have probably ended up dead because I was in gunfights mm -hmm. and, and drugs and everything else. I probably would have ended up dead, but God knew I needed those five years to prepare me for this ministry today. You know, David, sometimes when people, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to rabbit trail, but just a quick comment. People call me and say, my son or daughter is in jail for the third or fourth time. And I keep on bailing them out. Should I bail them out again? And I said, you know what? I tell them, if you want to love your child, let God decide whether or not they get out. Don't bail them. L let's see what God does. And if he wants them in because he needs them in to, to train up for his purposes for their life, then he's going to keep them there. Do you have a, just a comment about that for anybody watching? I do. Uh, in my book, uh, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, I've actually got a chapter on that. It's called Getting a Fix. And if we can get a fix, and most people think getting a fix is like drugs or whatever. No. But if we can get a fix, like if we get in a fix, a situation, and we can get out of the fix through a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, you know, some slick willy, this or that, before we ourselves get fixed, Katie, the devil will just fix another fix to fix us, or God will allow us well, to get into yeah. another fix to fix us. So yeah. the key is this, Romans 6, or Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. But we have a tendency to operate as parents in what's referred to as unsanctified mercy, showing mercy where God's not necessarily showing mercy in that moment. And we delay their repentance because we get them out of the fix wow. they got into before they themselves got fixed. Wow. So if you get out of a fix with a doctor, a lawyer, 
a senator or money before you get fixed, you'll just end up in another fix. I hope Stop your parents around are, the mountain. Alone. Yeah, I Go hope ahead. your parents are listening to this or loved ones are listening to this because I know your heart breaks when your children or your loved ones get arrested and put in prison. You want to help them out, but you keep on helping them out and they keep on going back in, keep on getting back in trouble. Sometimes, you know, uh, the hard way is to let God handle it and make and have him decide. And it doesn't feel like it's love, but it's big time love. Amen. David, you have a teaching called uh, about hope deferred. I think a lot of people watching right now are suffering from hope mm. deferred. OK, you haven't seen your promises manifest. Maybe your children are the ones we've been talking about. They've been in and out. They're not snapping out of their drug abuse. They're in trouble all the time. Maybe your marriage, it just, it, it's falling apart or already has fallen apart and you want it to come back together and it's not happening. I think a lot of people are dealing with hope deferred and it makes the heart sick. Let's talk about that. Katie, I was about 17 or 18 years into my prison experience when I experienced what the Bible refers to as hope deferred. And I had no idea what hope deferred was. And I'm just going to read a little snippet out of my book. Uh, basically, what happened to me was this. Um, let me just read the verse. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Proverbs 13, 12. Uh, during the time I was going through an increasingly difficult time, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, though I hadn't really voiced it to anyone. On this day, I'd simply asked for prayer for pain throughout the left side of my back. I was incarcerated. And I called a friend of mine on the phone who had healing rooms ministry, his wife answered. And when she answered, uh, she said, he's not here. She says, anything I can pray for you about. And I said, yeah, I said, I've had this pain in my back and it's just like haunting. It's been af after me for like three years. I battled this thing. She says, let me pray. She says, she began to pray. She suddenly stopped in mid sentence. Her name was Doris. She said, oh my, you're suffering from deferred hope. I thought, what is deferred hope? She calmly, yet with noticeable authority, spoke directly to the problem. And she said, deferred hope, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break you off my brother's life right now and order you not to return to him. Again, wow. Instantly, I was delivered. The pain in my back left simultaneously. I mean, it was miraculous. The only way I can describe what occurred and what I experienced is to say that all the chronic pain in my back, neck, and shoulders that had been increasing in intensity for the previous six months in that three-year period snapped off of me like a tightly stretched rubber band being cut with a knife, and I was instantly free. Wow. And then in the same gentle voice of authority, she said, I now replace these areas in your life with God's desire fulfilled, which the Bible says is a tree of life. When she spoke these words, my mind, which had been saturated with frustration, negative thoughts, tormented with stress and chronic disappointment, Thank was you, suddenly purged with the inflating mind of Christ. My faith level spiked instantaneously. My spiritual vision was renewed like an eagle. Said another way, it was as if my viewpoint or vantage point and understanding of my life and its seemingly arduous circumstances suddenly changed. It was like I had an aerial perspective, heaven's perspective looking down on the life issues I'd been struggling mm. with. Instead of looking that on them from Earth's perspective horizontally, I was looking down vertically. 
the same time my heart was filled with new anticipation and godly optimism of what the Lord was about to do for me, as well as though, as through my life for others, in a word, hope was restored. And I, I literally stood amazed and praised God for this mighty deliverance and a renewed vigor and strength wow. to finish the course set before me, feel, filled my soul. Then I realized that God had just supernaturally delivered me from unseen spiritual forces that had been hindering my life, oppressing my mind and tormenting my body spiritual forces that had been increasing in effect against me for a period of nearly three years and god set me free in an instant and that's when i went to the scriptures like you do katie you you learn something through an encounter with god it drives you to the scriptures it drove me yeah. to the scriptures to find out i need scriptural basis for what happened to me so i can go teach this to others so i don't right. just have an experience and, and we move on one of the things, I, and I, I just want to really give you kudos, all your books are so anchored in scripture. All your books have experience. You. All your books carry a strong anointing. They have an apologetic, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, and you break in the Greek and the Hebrew. And I love that about your books, especially Thank Be you. Revived is very powerful with the activation. So that's what happened to me. And then I went and searched the scriptures to see what happened. And I discovered every person on the planet experiences hope deferred at one time or another in their life, but most people have no idea what it is. I literally wrote a teaching on it. I put it on the internet when I got out of prison and somebody found it on page four of Google, donated a significant seed to our ministry, and then I started getting invited around the world instantly off Thank that you, teaching. Mm -hmm. The problem was I couldn't travel because I was on federal supervised release. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I still had that kind of like friendship bracelet on my ankle from the feds. And, and so, uh, but, but that teaching has been helpful for thousands and thousands of people to get set free. And when we teach on hope deferred, um, literally sometimes demons start to twist in people's bellies and then they get delivered from that and hope is restored. It breaks off of them like a, a rubber band cut with a hot knife or something comes out of them that's a spiritual force that entered in or something breaks off and then the inflooding mind of christ and this is what i like to say god's grace is to the christian what scuba air is to the scuba diver the scuba diver is underwater in the circumstances and when he starts to run out of air or she starts to run out of air they start to panic because they can't breathe but if somebody comes with scuba air and starts to buddy breathe with them, share their scuba air, what happens is it doesn't change the circumstances, but it enables the individual to breathe within them. And so grace is to the Christian what scuba air is to the scuba diver. Grace may not immediately change the situation, but it enables you to breathe within it and enjoy the journey on the way while everybody else is freaking out. They don't understand why you got a smile on your face and joy in your heart. It's grace, baby. Amen. Look, if anybody has got the legal right and authority to teach about hope deferred, it's you. I mean, you had been in prison 17 years when this attack happened. I mean, I'm sure during that whole time you're believing God's going to, you know, do a breakthrough for you. And then you don't see it. You don't see it. You don't see it. And hope gets deferred. And then pretty soon a spirit that comes upon you that matches that. Guys, you're online right now. I see you guys are chatting. Chat, how long have you been waiting? How long has your hope been deferred? What is that hope been in? What have you been believing God for? 
What if what what scriptures, what promises has God told you and you haven't seen them manifest and you actually have become sick? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I want you to chat it in because I'm going to lose David to start praying for you to break off this spirit of hope deferred. David, take us a deeper and, and start uh, aligning us for some deliverance because people are already chatting on. Wow, there's a bunch of people on that are having this happen to them. Yeah, I think it's happening, especially as we're coming out of a pandemic where the world has been locked down and people have had hope deferred. Bills have come in. They're wondering how God's going to answer prayers. And the Bible says, King Solomon says, keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence for out of it, out of your heart, spring all the other issues of life. Proverbs 4.23, if we fail to guard our hearts, hope deferred can creep in subtly and cause our hearts to become colored, darkened, sickened, polluted, and even perverted. And then all the other issues in our decision-making that spring forth in and through our life or out of our life will also likely become negatively tainted, affected, polluted, or even perverted. So we're to guard our hearts against hope deferred that can make our hearts sick. Let me tell you something. When Lot's daughters exited Sodom and Gomorrah, they no longer had immediate hope for a husband. And what did they do? They got their father drunk and slept with him. That's what hope can, deferred can do. Mm. Hope deferred can cause sin. Uh, it causes sin in so many ways. Abraham fell prey, the father of our faith. Abraham fell prey to hope deferred when he didn't have a child, mm. but he had a promise. And his wife says, well, you know, you consider Hagar the concubine, you take her as a concubine, a servant. And he's like, well, you know, I'm going to help God along to fulfill the prophecy that he gave to me. And he got in the flesh and birthed Ishmaelites. So Lot's daughters had two incestuous relationships that re birthed uh, wicked nations against Israel. And Abraham had Ishmael that produced a nations that that fight Israel even unto this day. We're in the middle of a of a war that came out of that relationship. Yeah, wow. there was thirty thousand zealots during Jesus's time that were crucified on crosses by the Romans during that time. That became activists against the government, trying to force God's hand. And the list goes on and on and on. And so you can end up going back to fishing with hope deferred. And Jesus will have to call you back into the ministry if you do like the disciples did. Right. So that just gives a little bit of a biblical basis. But uh, I want to just talk about the three-phase strategy of hope deferred because here's how it operates. Okay. Number one, life's very real circumstances that contradict the promises of God. Life's very real circumstances that contradict the promise of God in your life. And that's when a stronghold begins. Yes. Number two, the negative mindset that develops that is contrary to the word of God. We start to becoming angry, frustrated, disillusioned, hopeless, double-minded in our faith. So number one is the real circumstances you can't deny. Did God really say that the negative mindset? Well, he's done it for others, but he's not doing it for me. Well, maybe God doesn't love me. I'm angry. I'm just going to go satisfy my flesh because yeah, wow. God hasn't bought me a spouse. Right. One night, you know, 
I deserve that. My flesh deserves that. No, it doesn't. It's contrary to the will and mind of God. Wow. One thing that I learned, Katie, is overcoming sin is very, very simple if you apply this one simple tool. When the enemy comes in with the temptation, if it's contrary to the word of God, you simply say these words, that's not an option. Thank you. You immediately take it off the table. If it's not an option, he can't tempt you with it. The reason I was able to stay single and celibate for 25 years is because fornication or sex outside of marriage was not an option for me. Thank but David, you, you're locked up 20 years. It's not an option. Thank you, Lord. And so I waited five years after I had gotten out of prison. I'm on paper and I met the woman of my dreams. And we, you know, came together on our wedding night. We did it the biblical way. And if you do it biblical way, you get biblical results. If you do it the church way, you get church results. Wow. I'm not going to go yeah. there, but there's a lot of compromise. So number one, life's very real circumstances that contradict the promises of God. Bam, a stronghold enters into our mind. A stronghold is something that we know that is contrary to the word of God, yet we still somehow think it's okay. Number two, the negative mindset that develops that is contrary to the word of God, anger, frustration, disillusionment, hopelessness, or some of those things. And number three, a demon spirit, once these other two are in place, comes in and begins to oppress our minds and sicken our hearts against God. Our heart becomes sick, yeah. polluted, or bitter. The Bible says a triple braided cord or a three-strand cord is not easily broken. Now, in this passage in Proverbs, Ecclesi or Ecclesiastes 4.12, Solomon, the wisest Old Testament king, knew that a triple braided cord was not easily broken. That's why we want to be with our spouse, you, and God. That's a triple braided cord that's not easily broken. Well, the enemy uses hope deferred real circumstances, a negative mindset, and a demon spirit. And I was three years into this battle. And what people don't know is I was a jailhouse lawyer. I was very anointed with an ink pen. They, they call me the anointed pen. They call me all kinds of different nicknames. I was a jailhouse lawyer. They called me the prosecutor slayer, the, the poison pen. I won 11 cases from behind bars for other inmates in one year in the feds. Either they got time reductions, immediate releases, or they completely reversed their cases and they were no right. longer ex-felons. It was amazing. And that same year, I lost my case. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing, but. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a, so, so people are like, oh my God, you lost. And so I went upstairs and I was praying. I'm like, Lord, what just happened? And he said, cast down, but not forsaken. And I'm like, that's all I did, but I had peace because God had spoken. And I looked it up in Second Corinthians. It's like the Apostle Paul cast down but not forsaken. You know, we're, 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 we're trapped on every side. I mean, Paul was in a day and a night in the deep. He was, you know, beaten with rods. He was beaten with cat and nine tails three to five times. He was, you know, in false brethren came against him. He was a day and a night in the deep. And what did Paul call it? A light affliction. He was in hunger wow. and thirst often, fastings often. We've got to get things back into a biblical perspective on what the Bible says, and then we'll have Bible commitment and we'll get Bible miracles. Yeah, I, I do it myself. You know, something that, oh my God, this and that is happening. And 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 then and then somebody will come along and say, so-and-so just lost their leg or so-and-so's right. mom or dad just died of COVID. And you think, oh my gosh, and I'm whining about that small little thing. We do have to have perspective. Look, I, I want you to break off Hope Deferred. Um, first, but before, as David does this, we're gonna just play one of the miracles that David submitted to us so you can see that he's walking in power 
and authority to be able to do this. And I want you to share the video with anyone that you know has hope deferred because we're about to move in to some deliverance and restoration for you. Let's look at this video first. I've been, okay. I've been going through some things and I'm, I'm just, I want to receive it. I don't know. I'm afraid I'm not going to receive. Oh, you don't have to worry about it. Look at me. I'll receive it for both of us. Thank you. Okay. So permission for me to put my fingers in your ears. Permission to do anything. Yeah. Here we go. In G, there it goes. Feel that anointing. Yeah, you can feel that. Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I break off every trauma broke from her there's a the power of god boy it's going right through that ear right now jesus name there it goes hallelujah thank you jesus wow he's recalibrating the eardrums recalibrating anvil stirrup and hammer recalibrate right now nerve damage go from her trauma and torment go from her spirit of deafness and distortion go from her there's the heat right there i feel it in her left ear Jesus name. Can you hear now? Yes. Yes. What do you speak behind her ear if you like give her a scripture? Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, she can. Carolyn? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it again. Carolyn. Carolyn. Oh, there we go. You can hear. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, the power of God hit you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we're, we're videotaping right there. <laughs> what do you feel? Awesome. 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 You're healed. Yeah. Healed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God is good. If he healed her, he'll heal you. Put your hand up. Let's pray for them. Okay. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Heal them. Heal them. You just healed me. You just healed me. I got faith. I got faith. For them. For them. Ears. Ears. Be open. Be open. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God is good. Amen. So it's a pleasure to have you here. I, I want to point out something to you guys as you watch that video. Um, and David, you, you'll relate to this because you were there. Uh, did you hear what that woman said at the beginning? She says, I want to receive, but I just don't know if I can receive. She had been hope deferred. She had probably had other people pray for her. She'd been believing for herself. She'd been struggling with it. She wanted to receive, but she just didn't know if she could. That's the result of hope deferred. And I think that many people watching online um, have that right now. David, we only got about five minutes left. I want to move into helping people. They're chatting in. And if you haven't chatted in yet, chat in. How long have you had your hope deferred and what have you been believing for? Because David's about to break that spirit off of you and release healing into that place where you, your heart has become sick. David, move right into it. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, the bondage breaker, I take authority over hope deferred in your life. Hope deferred, I snap you off of them. There it goes, in Jesus' name. I just want to ask you to say one thing. If you're on that side of the screen, just say, Lord, deliver me from hope deferred. Lord, deliver me from hope deferred. Yes, just deliver me. I want deliverance. There it goes. Okay, there's permission granted. I break the spirit of hope deferred. I snap this thing off. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. I cancel the assignment of night torments. I take authority over the negative mindset. I release the in-flooding mind of Christ. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. The desire fulfilled is like I release the desire fulfilled into your life by the fire of the Holy Spirit, by the love of God reaching into your heart and plucking out bitterness. Every plant that's not by and planted by my heavenly father, Jesus said in Matthew 15, 13, he says, she'll be plucked out. I root out every plant, every seed, every offspring of it. I come against fractured souls and I speak in divine reintegration and a whirlwind and a turnaround in the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. I speak the fire of God now to come in reinterpreting the past from the Romans 8.28 perspective. It's not what happened to you. It's what God's going to do from it and then through you unto others. I declare divine deliverance. Divine deliverance by the Ruach HaKodesh, by the Holy Spirit, by Shem Yeshua, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. If you've got ear problems, put your finger in your ear right now. Just go ahead and put your finger in your ear. If you got problems in both, just go ahead and put your finger. I release the fire of God in their spirit of infirmity, deafness, and distortion. I break you off, anvil, stirrup, and hammer. In the name of Jesus, I command you to recalibrate with a recreative miracle, come back into alignment. I break off trauma in the name of Jesus. Hairs in the cochlea fluid, I command you to regenerate. Katie and I blend our anointings for the miraculous. Where one can put a thousand, a flight two can chase 10,000. I speak an exponential anointing into that place where you're at to drive and pull you out of that stuck place. And I declare you freed by the bondage breaker who loves you and gave his life for you. Yes. Thank you, God. And I decree the promises of God, all of them are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I command that your soul would be strengthened and reinforced with mighty dunamis power so that you can become excellent in soul in every place where your hope has been deferred, where you haven't seen those promises come to pass to be manifested. I decree that you are being brought into prosperity of soul so that you can prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And that every diabolical plan of the enemy, I break those assignments right now. And I speak manifestation of all the promises of God being yes and amen in Christ. Nothing can stop Jesus. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. And I decree that he's destroying the delay. I speak to delay that has been on your promises, that has been resisting your promises in the name of Jesus. And by the blood, by the cross, by the resurrection power of Jesus, I I break you, spirit of delay. 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 And I call forth manifestation, manifestation, manifestation for you in the name of Jesus now, in the name of Jesus now, in the name of Jesus now. And I say, if there's any legal right, 
for the enemy that it's covered by the blood, by the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God. Grace overshadows, supersedes, and increases over and superabounds over any of our law breaking. And I release the power of the blood and grace right now into this situation so that you can see the fullness and the manifestation of every word God has spoken to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, David, people are uh, online right now chatting like crazy. They're receiving the prayer. They're believing God is working. Uh, they are believing God is going to bring their promises to pass. Finally, that hope deferred is, 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 is eliminated, broken off. Um, but I know people are needing even more help. And you have it. You got the anointing for it. Where can people find you? No, uh, people can go to virtualchurchmedia.com. Virtual is V-I-R-T-U-A-L-L, virtualchurchmedia.com. But today I want to make available for free at no cost. You can go to deferredhopebook.com, D-E-F-E-R-R-E-D, book.com, deferredhopebook.com. And you can download a free copy of my book. And as you read that, God will revisit some areas and pray the prayers and God will set you free at a new level and you'll be able to set others free as well. Deferredhopebook.com for a free download. Yeah, look, guys, you should be blowing up that site right now. This is a free resource given to you right now. Again, deferredhopebook.com. Go get it, download it, share it with your friends. Tell people to watch the broadcast so that you, they can receive David's prayer, so that they can go and get the book too. And then, David, you also have like an autobiography of in Jet Ride to Hell. What a book. It's so exciting. It's filled with so many encounters, so many scriptures. Uh, sh tell people where they can get that. They can go to jetridebook.com, jetridebook.com. It'll take them to our website. You can buy it on Amazon, on softback kindle and this this book's uh, no joke it's you know 370 pages my wife wrote the journey insights with a call to action and people report so many breakthroughs so many inspirations they read it one time through for the action in the book and uh, then they read it the second time through as a training manual and they start seeing the same miracles that god did for me because he's no respecter of persons he'll do them for you jetridebook.com right amen uh, look is your beautiful wife still there yeah. Come in, come in, honey. Hey, Joanna, Hi. girl. I'll be Love seeing you guys you. shortly. Love you okay. guys. Love you guys. Okay, thanks, everybody. David. Yeah, thanks for Thank joining us. We love you. We love you too. God okay, bless. we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody, for being on today. Uh, just love these people. Joanna and David Herabedian are awesome people that serve in the prison, so I really encourage you to support them. Um, they are like-minded people with this ministry, and so you'll be actually sowing into God's people in captivity. Go get that free resource, hopedeferredbook.com. You're going to love it. It's going to break you free. And uh, don't forget, we also support 4,000 prisons. If you choose to come and help us do that by donating and gifting to us today, please go to katiesouza.com. Com. Look, I love you guys. I'm Katie Souza. We will see you next week.